Chronicles. The Chronicles. The Chronicles. The Chronicles. The Chronicles. The Chronicles of a Madman. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. This is your show host, Joe, with Chronicle of Madman. Got some new equipment, so you're going to hear a little, a few different things. Um, and basically, we're doing it all as like a radio, like studio, kind of almost like a live broadcast. On the show now, I'm able to interview people. I have Danielle with Faith and Lashes here. Um, wanted to talk to you a little bit today about when God says no and how to deal with that stuff. And basically, our show... That's kind of what we want to talk about is the stuff that we deal with in real everyday life type stuff, being Christians as Christians and how we continue to live our life as Christians and the real stuff. So let's get down to it. This is T.D. Jakes. When God says no, this is part one. He has part one and part two. It's like an hour long. If you guys have a chance to listen to it, go ahead and check it out. But I want to play this for you guys and then we'll go ahead and go from there. There are all kinds of people teaching you about when God says yes. How to name, how to claim, how to expect, how to receive. Five ways to get blessed. Ten ways to end up on top. Three steps to ending on the top of the hill. Five ways to be an overcomer. Six ways to get out of debt. There's all kinds of messages and sermons, self-help books, all kinds of materials that will guide you through the process of getting what you want. But there's very little said about how to survive when life does not give you what you want. For the next few moments, I want to tell you that you don't have to lose your faith just because God didn't say yes to what you requested him to do. You don't have to have a nervous breakdown, a pity party, throw in the towel, walk away from church just because you didn't get the job, didn't get the house, didn't get the healing, didn't get what you wanted from the Lord. We don't need faith to direct us when everything falls into place. We need faith to sustain us when all hell is breaking loose. When you look at your Bible with one hand and you look at your life with the other and you say, Lord, I see what you said, but look what I'm going through. And nothing that I'm going through is lining up with what you said. That's where we need teaching. I don't need you to tell me how to act when I get healed. I need to teach me how to survive when I don't get healed. I don't need you to tell me how to shout when I got a new job, a new house, a new car, a new wife, a new circumstance. I got enough sense to be happy when things go right, but teach me how to be happy when all hell is breaking loose, things are getting bad instead of better. Teach me how to stand when it's raining down on my face and tell me how to keep trusting God when he says. Again, that is T.D. Jakes, When God Says No. Uh, we're going to touch a little bit on that that subject there. I have with me Danielle. She is a mother, a wife, a business owner. She's an entrepreneur, a minister, and she is a owner of her own personal ministry from Faith and Lashes. Faith and Lashes? Faith and Lashes. And I always want to play this part, so we're going to pretend you walk in the room. We're going to hit that one more time so you can hear there we go. <laughs> that is like my new favorite thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, so obviously, you are married to the most luckiest man alive. Yes. And um, you're the most beautiful in the world. Oh, thank you. I am married. You're oh, married? Oh, I'm sorry. We're married. Oh, we're married. Are we married to each other? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so uh, just kind of. Just give us a little intro about yourself. Tell us about yourself. I know all about you, but... Of course you do. I, want, I hope. 
We've been we've been together almost ten years. Next month will be so ten years. I know a lot about you. Uh oh. <laughs> and at the end of this, you're going to have to tell us something embarrassing about yourself because that's what I ask all. Oh no no all no! The no. That... I didn't agree to that. <laughs> so if not, I can always tell you because like I said, everybody... you better hush your mouth. <laughs> so 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 with that, um, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself about 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 the life of Danielle Faith Alash is what you're doing. Obviously, we want to get connected people connected with your your ministry a little bit, so that way they can go ahead and listen to you also. And and just tell us a little about what you're doing, who you are, and we'll go from there. Well, I immediately go to the scene on anger management. Who who are you? Like who are you? No, no. Uh, who, what do you mean? Who who am I? No, no just tell us who you are. Who, who are <laughs> what do you mean? Um. All right. So of course, my name is Danielle. I was born Christina Danielle, but I go by Danielle. My mom always called me that. Um. I'm 37, but I think I look a lot younger. Jetty. Um. <laughs> I but, have but three that's girls. not who you are. Oh, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really, you know, I I think I lived under a rock for a long time. I was kind of sheltered growing up. And uh, um, I didn't really know who I was because I had my first kid at 19. And so I really didn't have that time to really figure out who I was. So um, I think in the past five years, I've really grown into who I am. And I just don't care. Like, this is me. I'll have green hair and tattoos and piercings. And um, I'm just me. Yeah, you have just, tattoos? I do. Only two, but I need some more. Um, it's been like three years since I got yeah. one. But that's a side note. Um, I love my family. I always have. You know, I love um, being a Christian. I love cats. You know, big cats, small cats. It doesn't matter. I love cats. Anybody that knows me knows I love cats. Um, and as far as faith and lashes, you know, um, I prayed that God would give me a name because I feel like... Um, you know, ministry is going to always be something that I do the rest of my life. And right, right. I love makeup. Um, I'm a makeup artist and a amateur cosplayer on TikTok. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell everybody that. You yeah, have your own, I like, have TikTok like 3,500 followers. It's not much. That's actually but... <laughs> a lot. I, I'm we, just getting started. Because I try to do my own TikTok thing and, and even trying. Even, I had to buy it. Like, you have to buy followers. It's weird. You can buy followers on there. <laughs> but but um, it's like really hard to get to where you can do lives like a thousand. And I think we tried for like two or three weeks to get it. And you were up there way before me. But you do have a lot of good stuff. So, and a lot of good content that's on there and stuff. And, and um, what was that video that you did? Um, Oh, this is me? Yeah, that was a really good yeah, video. Yeah, I had people on Facebook and stuff even like that. It wasn't an original idea. Somebody else did it. But, um, you know, when I did that video, I just kind of posted my own personal thing. And um, it's from The Greatest Showman, the song This Is Me. And basically, you just um, really vulnerable in that video. But anyways, uh, I'm getting sidetracked. Squirrel. Um, but all right, faith and lashes. So I prayed that God would give me a name that really described me and my ministry and faith and lashes kind of dropped into my spirit. And before COVID hit, I really thought that I was going to be, um, working in the cancer center with patients, but now I don't know, like, um, you know, all doors are open. Like it's whatever I, I God think, wants. I think it's going to be really hard with that right now with COVID. Them letting yeah, other people I don't in. see that happening anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. So, and, and cause a lot of the elderly folks that are, that are in in the, the actually homes and stuff. I mean, we were having a hard time trying to get in to go talk to those people. Then, yeah, then that was bef- that was before COVID hit. Yeah, so, so I don't see that happening. It's it's just whatever God wants. You know, I'm just um, I'm the type of person that I'm always like, whatever you want, God. Yes, okay, yes. I always want to be that person, like in Isaiah what six. Um, that's you know, just say yes. I might be totally wrong on that book, but I think it's Isaiah six, um, where he says, you know, send me. Here send I am, me, Lord. Send me. Here I am, send yeah. me. 
That's where he talks about uh, burn. Oh, he took the hot coals and pressed them upon his lips, and then he said, "Here am I, who, uh, Lord, ask whom shall I send?" Yeah, you guys are gonna me. hear a dog in my background. Awesome. <laughs> and maybe some cats before it's maybe over. some cats before it's all <laughs> or over. kids. Uh, Same difference. <laughs> uh, we've had kids come in of uh, cats. Um, so it's just kind of you know we're doing the best of what we got where we're at. Um, so tell us, okay, how did you become a Christian? Oh wow, okay. Um, I became a Christian at eleven years old, um, but I always felt really drawn to God before that. And my mom and my dad, uh, my stepdad, who's been my dad since I was four, um, so I call him dad, he's my dad, um, they weren't really in church. Um, my mom's mother was a Christian, um, but they didn't really go to church much, so I went with my aunts and uncles. I would go to Bible school and youth camps, and um, I remember going to this camp in Jasper, Virginia, in the hills of Jasper, Virginia. Where is that? Where is that by? Like? You know, I don't even know. <laughs> I'd have to look it up. I don't know. Um, but I remember playing softball and having a marshmallow eating contest. And my Uncle Elmer fit like 20-some huge marshmallows jo- in his mouth. Jo? Yeah. Um, mm. And I just remember my Uncle Eric was a young preacher. He's I mean, Joe's like one of those long-winded preachers, too. He's got that oh, big yeah. mouth. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he likes to, he used to lick his lips and kiss my mom and she'd be like <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing my favorite thing when i heard him preach when he preached about he said he said we're all like a bunch of hogs he says he says we we'll all sit down and eat all the food down at the hog trough the food that's in front of us or, or the food that's underneath i think he said all the fruit that's underneath the apple tree but we failed to we failed to look up and see where it's coming from yeah. and i was like ooh, like see what that hurt now i was like ah but, yeah, you were talking about your Uncle Eric? Yeah. So, um, Uncle Eric was a young preacher. I was, like I said, 11 years old. Possibly 10, but I think I was 11. Um, and I remember him preaching on sin and and repentance. And I was just like, I'm 11 years old. What could I have possibly done that's that wrong? You know, like, I don't steal. I don't intentionally lie to my parents. What, what have I done? And so, the service ended. And I remember walking out and just, like, crying I couldn't control it like I'm just crying and I go to my aunt Amy and I'm like I don't know what's wrong but like (laughs) I just can't stop crying and she's like you know because we were were raised in the bible belt you know in the south so she goes oh honey that's the holy spirit and I was like what (laughs) and so I went back in there and I knelt down that day and I gave my life to God and my life has never been the same yeah that that one-time experience um I guess the, a lot of people don't know, actually, even my story on, on where I, I got saved. Um, I was in a small Southern Baptist church, and and I was I was drunk the night before. <laughs> I mean, this is no, I can't, I'm not trying to hide it now, you know. Um, Too late. <laughs> I had a a pastor friend of mine that I worked with, and he always told me, "Joe, God, Joe has, Joe, God has such big things planned for you." You have such a big heart. Um, if you get a chance, go down to my church. And, and I went to a church where he was supposed to preach one time, and he they didn't let him preach because uh, what was really funny, somebody had to testify, right? So over there in that, like, Baptist church is, I got to testify. And that was, like, his time, like, where he was supposed to speak. Somebody just stood up. So in me, because I'm, I was a Catholic, right, you have a, a, a religion, you have a, a system, even other churches over here that I went to as a Christian, you know, there's a system 
And this dude just pops up like a jack in the box, like says, I got to testify. <laughs> but I'm like, uh, oh, okay, what's going on? So I was That's an old timey thing. Yeah, a lot I, of people did that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, past, I guess yeah. it's basically just to get something off their heart, tell them what God's doing. I'll just brag on God, you know? Yeah, and well, sometimes I, I, as a kid, I was at services and that was all that happened. Like everybody just, not saying it's a bad thing. Well, but. well, I went to go visit this, this guy at this church, right? At, and this was before before that, before I actually got saved. And I went to go visit him. And when I went to go visit him, I was going to listen to him preach. And he picked me up and everything, man. Like, he picked me up from the house and we drove in. And I was like, uh, what happened? And I goes, oh, well, just kind of some stuff. That's test what I could really do. Explain to me everything that happened. I know now, obviously. Um, but then we had um, the day that I actually went to his church. He actually had his own church. So I was... I was drunk. I mean, I was drinking the night before and decided. Is this Vern? Vern Hall. Yes. Yep. Vern Hall. Vern Hall, if you hear me, brother, I love you. That guy is awesome. I don't think I've ever met him, but he, he's, you talk he now. does He does stuff now that, that a lot of people won't do. I mean, he goes to campuses and open air preaches. I mean, he does a lot of stuff. Um, but um, so I'm there with a buddy, my next door neighbor that got drunk with me the night before. And, and we're there, and I'm like, um, you want to go to church with me? And he's like, uh, yeah. I was like, okay. That was the next one. That's how he said, like, yeah. You know I mean? oh my God. <laughs> so, um, the, um, so I, I'm there and I get up, go to church. I get down there. He's with me. And then all I can remember is I'm sitting there in front of, um, everything the preacher's saying is like, just like piercing my heart. Right. That's called conviction. <laughs> it was a lot of it, you know, and I almost felt like he was speaking, like he literally was speaking in my life. And there was like only like maybe 20 people there at this church. It was a really small church. And I was like, okay. So then, um, before you know it, I stood up, he asked, you know, to stand up and pray. And then if anybody has, you know, something to pray or like, like there was like a, the altar call. Right. And then before you know it, I am like kneeling down at the altar call. And somebody's asking me, do I know Jesus? And that was like the turning point of my life. Because even after that, I never forget that. You never forget the first time that you received God. Right. You never forget that, you know, and, and I can say that with, you know, you can say that. I know you can say that with you is that's that Jasper, Virginia moment that I had in my life at that time. I was like, I just know there was something because I had this conviction. I was crying. I was mm-hmm. still smelling like beer. Um, and, and I was going through a lot of a lot of stuff like turmoil, inner, inner, inner turmoil type of stuff so going through all that that was like my aha moment my jesus aha moment and um so i went ahead and and from there i went ahead and and just continued to do i mean of course there's a lot in between there but i think that we all have those defining moments in our life that we remember one i think is remember when you have received god in your heart two i think is when you actually receive your purpose and calling and some Uh, people feel like they never find that yeah, and they'll chase it. They'll chase it and chase it, and chase or it. Or they're chasing their tail. <laughs> yes, and that's that's a whole other beast. Yeah, we won't we're, open that can. We're, we're gonna we're gonna do one that's just called chasing your tail, and that's gonna be a, a revolving door that you just keep going in and out of, in and out of. Well, you know what I pictured was tails off of Sonic that had two tails. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, where did that even come up? But um, so this episode that we're talking about a little bit is is from TD Jakes. Um, Basically, what he talks about is when God says no. It's really easy, really, really easy uh, to be like, 
oh, I got this, and oh, I got this, and praise Jesus, and I thank you, God, and all that's good. Yeah. I love to praise Jesus. Okay, but it's the hard times is what hurts. You know what I'm saying? It's the hard times when, when you don't get that car, or you don't get that job, or you or don't. Or even worse, uh, someone's not healed, or, you know, it, you know your marriage falls apart. Yeah, those those things are those things are deep. What I mean, what happens when your marriage doesn't fall, or, or your husband's not willing to cooperate and listen, or to go to, to go to church with you? <laughs> I've, I've I've been there, you know. And and I think what happens is is um, I think of of when I think of this, right? I think it was like this, like so. We are are we're all parents. We're parents. Mm-hmm. We we have kids. I think we do. I'm pretty sure we have kids. <laughs> do I, if I like them or not, I'm not sure yet. Ah, uh, you better shut up. <laughs> I love my kids. Um, but so we think about this, right? And we think about our kids. And we don't want them to tell them to do something bad, right? We tell them not to do it. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, don't jump, jump off the bed because you're going to hurt yourself, you know? Or don't touch the hot stove. You're going to burn yourself. Yeah, don't touch the hot stove. Don't touch the fire. You know, don't do these things, right? Yeah. Because I foresee pain in your future. Well, you know, my mom's mom used to say, those that don't listen will just have to feel. And mom used to always tell Ooh, us. that's that, good. Those that don't listen will just have to feel. That's almost like with us. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. He'll learn. You know, he'll learn. You know, I that was, was that. That was, that was, he'll learn, you know. So, that or if it was a snake, it would have bit you. Oh, my God. That's the worst. <laughs> I'm just so tired of hearing that. That's the worst. I hate snakes. Um. But but a lot of times is is there's a movie uh, Christmas is coming up, right? Yeah. And then of course, uh, what is it? Hallmark shows the Christmas story, right? A, yeah. a Christmas story. I never was a huge was, fan of that one. No, no, I don't think I've ever even sat through the whole thing. You guys don't hate me. I think I think I've seen parts like parts. Yeah, of I it. always fall asleep. So obviously well, it's not that I, great. I, I know I know the, I know there's two very important parts of the movie. One, he licks like a pole. Like outside and frozen, and his tongue gets stuck on there. Right. That's one. And the other part is actually um, that that I, I remember is he wants his BB gun. That's the only thing I remember. That and that stupid leg lamp. And uh, like the little bunny bunny uh, outfit. Outfit yeah. that was awesome. Maybe that's what I'll be for Halloween uh, next year. No, 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 maybe not. So uh, nobody wants to see Fat Bunny, but anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> so so um, he wants this. He wants this BB gun, and his parents. He asks, "This is all on top of this. This is all he wants." And he says, "I want, I want a BB gun." His dad says, "You're going to shoot yourself." And mom says, "He tells him, I want a BB gun." He says, "You're going to shoot yourself, sister." I, I want to. I'm going to get a BB gun for Christmas from Santa Claus. You're, you're just going to shoot yourself. And I'm just paraphrasing everything because it's like it's been a long time since I've really seen that movie. But he gets a BB gun. Whatever you say, because I never saw all of it. Right. So we're just going to wait. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever. So, we so could then, both be wrong. So, so then he shoots a gun. It ricochets off something. Comes back, shoots him in the eye. I told you so. Yeah, exactly. So, so the parents obviously knew, right? He was going to shoot his eye out. He was going to shoot his eye out. Why didn't they buy him like some goggles? Well, he had glasses. But he still shot himself, anyways. Ah, uh, boo. But the reality of it is, this, this, this is the reality of it is, is. Parents always know what's best for their children. Well, most of the time. 
No, just not a most of the time. Well, our parents aren't perfect. Sometimes we make mistakes. Oh, I'm not saying we don't make mistakes, but when it comes to pain that we've known and dealt with stuff and situations in our life, right? And and he's like, you know, hey, you know, that person is bad news. Stay away from them. Right. Hey, don't don't drive around with that person because they like to drink and drive. Hey, you know, we, we try to we teeter. We guide them. We guide them. Yeah. You know, because we're, we care about them. We're trying to avoid them to having pain. Or like... Making the same mistake you made. Exactly. We're very, very honest and open with our kids about that. You know, so the reality of it is, is, is if, if we're so, I'm trying to word this correctly. If, if we are trying to guide our children and take care of our kids and, and be there for our kids and watch what they're doing to keep them safe. Why do we get mad when God says no? I don't think we really see it like that. Like. You have to really think about it to think about God doing it that way. You know, we, we don't really look at it like that. And I think that's what the problem is. is we don't look at him like a parent. Well, I, I know mean, we say he's the father, but we don't really look at it like, hmm, God's parenting skills. Right. So so what I was talking about it, like, in my mind the other day, I was thinking. You were I think, talking to yourself again? I do it all the time. That's about, I get the as best. As long as you don't answer yourself. I get the best answers that way, too. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, oh, my God. <laughs> So, so as I imagine like this, this fog, right? And this chaos that's around us is in a fog. Yeah. Okay. We can only see what's in front of us in a fog. Like when you see the fog, you can only see what's in front of you. Sometimes we have really dense fog here in California. That's where we're from. Um, That's That's where, where that's where, that's where we live. Uh, I was like, boy. Um, So, so with this really dense fog, you can only see in front of you so far. Even with headlights on, yeah. Even with headlights on. So if we think about it this way, is God will uh, see uh, sees above the fog in our lives and the chaos in our lives. And that's why when he, I think he tells us no, because he's trying to guide us in the proper direction that we need to go. Because sometimes what ends up happening is we get wrapped up in, in the chaos. Right. And it happens, you know. So I want to ask you on a very personal level, I know... I know you have lots of different things that you had happen in your life, but tell us a little bit when God has told you no and how that's affected you and how you are dealing with that currently. Well, I'm going to talk about, he just brought it to my remembrance, um, a, a couple of things, you know. Um, for instance, how about you have a boyfriend that cheats on you, but you think he's your soulmate, and God shuts that door. At the time, you think it's the most horrible thing that could ever happen to you. But years later, you look back and you see that God was removing that person from your life because you couldn't or you wouldn't. And so sometimes God saying no, we don't always understand it at first. But years later, we're able to see that he was really showing us how much he loves us and cares about us to keep us from going down a a bad path with someone that doesn't deserve us or would treat us wrong. Um, Or, for instance, how about when... God takes your mom, you know. Um, What's today's date? The 8th? 7th? I don't know. 8th, I think. (laughs) I think it's the 7th. It's the 8th, I think. Um, So my mom's four-year is uh, in just a few days. It's November 21st, and you know better than anybody, I've really been struggling with that, and I have since she left. Um, And I'm going to try not to cry. No, the the struggle makes it real. Yeah, I know. You know, um, the struggle makes it real. So... 
my mom was 51 when she found out she had cancer. And um, it's funny because we had just went to a Michael Bolton concert right before that. She'd always loved him. Um, and so... Michael who? Bolton. What does he sing? How can we be lovers if we can't be friends? <laughs> Wait, that sounded like Cher. That sounded like Cher. Yeah. Anyway, so... Um, I don't even think my mom still liked him anymore, but she liked him when I was a kid and I took her to a concert. So anyways, my mom was my best friend, you know, growing up, um, she and my dad were divorced before I was born and she didn't remarry again until I was four and it was just me and her for a long time. And she lost her sister and her mom right after I was born, like literally within two or three years. And so she and I had a very, very close bond, like always, because she told me that I was what got her through that, you know, and I can see that now because like. You and my kids are the only thing that kind of keeps me going sometimes. So, um, she ended up having thymic carcinoma, which is a really bad cancer. Um, it usually spreads. It usually comes back. Less than 1% of the cancer population has it. And it's just a bad mamma jamma, you know? And so, whenever she beat it, um, a year later she went to Duke. She went to Duke University for that. A year later when she went back, people literally looked at her like she was a ghost. Like, oh my God, you're alive. And so she was cancer-free for five years, and then uh, she got ovarian cancer. And the chances of you getting a different cancer was, like, really low. Like, usually you just get the same cancer again, and it kills you, you know? And I'm not trying to be, like, super insensitive. I just say it like it is, you know? Um, So she got ovarian cancer, and I don't know if we just did things wrong. I know that God knows when people are supposed to die, so it doesn't matter Really, if she got the chemo first or the hysterectomy first or vice versa or went to Duke or the cancer treatment centers, what was it going to play out was going to play out. You know what and I mean? And they, they, they have one, one of the most top-rated cancer centers in the United States. Oh, presidents go to Duke University. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, she was in good hands. Yes. But, um, you know, and we won't get into what all they said about it. But So she was only 58 when she passed away. and That's really young. Yeah, like she wasn't even at retirement age, like. She couldn't even go get, like, her senior discount yet, I don't think. You know, maybe a few places. But, um, and I was really angry because um, I had just lost my dad, my real dad, my birth father, eight months before that. And then my grandmother a few months before that. My mom's brother right before my dad. And then my mom's sister's mother-in-law a week before my mom. And then a few months after my mom was another uncle. And so it was just, like, literally within 14 months we lost, like, seven people. But my mom was the hardest by far because she was my best friend. You know, you and I went to um, a marriage conference whenever we first got married, and they separated us one of the days that we went, and the men went one way and the girls went the other, and they said, I want you to think of one word that describes your mother. Good, bad, ugly, whatever, just make it the truth. And some girls were really, that's some bad words for Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. (laughs) But I really, really thought about it. I thought really deep about it, and the word that I came up with was security. She had always been my security. And I didn't know that like five years later she wouldn't be here. So, um, it's been hard. You know, I saw her. She was a Christian. She never really knew her calling. Like, she just always thought she didn't have one. And she would always get on to me if I wasn't in church and... I sing and stuff, and she'd be like, if I had a voice like you, you should be in church. What are you doing? And 
she would get up there and sing in the choir, even though she was off key sometimes and whatever, you know, God says make a joyful noise. But, um, you know, she just, she didn't really figure out what she thought her calling was till like a year before. And she said, I finally figured out what I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, you did? She goes, yep. I'm supposed to bring hope to a hurting world. <laughs> and she ended up dying not much longer after that. And I was like, what the frack, God? And, you know, it's really hard when you see your mom in ICU in a yellow gown with footies on. And she's 58 and she can't even walk anymore. Yeah. You know, it happens so fast, but that's also because she hid a lot of things from us. But um, well, we, didn't, we didn't know. No, we didn't know how fast it was. We didn't know how bad it was. She hid a lot from us. Um, but anyway, she, you know, was messing on herself and it was just bad. And But to see your mother, like, Crying out to God. Like, God, don't you know that there's work to do? You know, there's still work to do. I need you. Where are you? And to see that, even though I've been a Christian since I was a child, I mean, it it crushed me. Like, I was so pissed off at God. I was like, why would you do that? Like, You know, God was asking people back in the Old Testament, you know, who should I send? And I know now it's even worse. Like, who should I send? You know, (laughs) and you have this lady crying out because she wants to do work for you and you took her. So I was really upset. (laughs) And my mom died two days before Thanksgiving. Thanks, God. (laughs) That makes, that uh, makes it really hard. Thanksgiving and Christmas, we always had such a good time. And so my holidays have been not the best. Well, you know, you've had to go through it. So, um, when God says no, though, sometimes it's really hard to accept. And, like, I didn't even realize that I was still mad at him until May of this year. And I guess, I mean, I was still serving, still doing everything I could at church, leading worship, co-teaching our ladies, you know, whatever I could do, volunteering, they asked me to do something, yeah, Because I know God, and I'll never turn away from God. Like, I trust God. I know God. But I didn't want him to help me in that area because I was angry. Like, I was was so upset that he took her. I was like, you did this. Like, you did this. I don't want you to help me here. Like, you were off limits. Off limits here. And I didn't realize that until I kind of went through it, you know. And I know that this is a journey, and I know that my journey is not over You know, but it's just really hard when you don't understand. It's really hard when you know that he let it happen. And I think that's the hard part, right? Because, because see, like when the devil tested Job, right, in the Bible, right, he had to get God's permission. Okay, but the Bible also says that all things work for the glory of God. So you got this kind of like borderline, you know, of... Oh, it's like a battle. Yeah. I mean, and every day I go through this. You know, it's, 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 and, and I think with, with people that go through stuff as such as you, where, where it's more, it's more deeper, you know, it's more deeper because it's almost from the beginning to, to when she passed. So now you've been continuously fighting. But the thing about it is, is what I see in your life, what I've seen in your life, is after that's happened, going through the pain, 
how effective you are in your ministries. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, because when I asked you once, I said, this was a May when we were praying that day, I said, why would God still use me if I feel this way? Like if I'm upset with him, you know, like, but I still sincerely praise God when I'm up there. You know, I'm, I'm not mad enough to where I'm like, oh, forget you, God. You know, I'm just upset. I'm upset about it. And it hurts really bad because I've always, since I was a kid, had this huge faith in this great big God. And I think what hurt the worst is that I knew he could have changed it. I believed he could heal my mom. Right. And looking back, you know, they always say 2020, you know, you got to look in the rear view to really learn anything. But I believe that he did give my mom her healing, and that's why we had her that extra five years. But it still doesn't help the pain, I feel, you know? No, because we, we're the ones that have to deal with the pain, right? And that's what I was telling you before. You know, your mom's, she's not, she's not going through the pain. You're going through the pain. And and that's what makes it so difficult because we are still here. And, and But the reality of it is, is through what you're doing, you push through the pain and you still claim, claim victory. Right? I don't always feel that way, though. I, I tell you all the time, like, I'm, I'm so tired of fighting. And you're like, you're a fighter. Like, your mom beat cancer and your dad was... A Vietnam veteran. You are a fighter. But sometimes you do get tired of fighting. You know, you get tired. And you just get tired of feeling this way. And I remember days that I would wake up and I would just be like, God, I have to face this again. Like, she's gone again. And it's just really rough. Like, knowing that the rest of my life she'll never be here. No matter what I go through. The, um, so... As far as right now, where are you set in your life as, as far as, as, as moving forward? What are you doing daily to move forward from this? Because there's got to be a point in time where we continue to move forward. And you work through your ministries, which is the biggest part of your growth. Um, I think it's the biggest part of your development. It's the biggest part in, in creating new you. Because if, if we're on, on, on the potter's wheel... What God likes to do is is take stuff away and add stuff to as he's molding us into this perfect creation that he's seen in us, right? Well, you know, it's been rough this year. I always say every year, I want to be happy this year. I want to be happy this year, and I sincerely mean that. But this year, you know what, last week I was telling you I'm just tired. and I'm tired of crying, and I don't want to be like this anymore. So people are always like, why don't you talk to your mom? Why don't you write your mom? And I'm like, that's stupid. I don't even know if she hears me. So I sat down and I wrote her a letter the other day. Literally not even a week ago. And I cried a lot. And I just told her, this is what I've become. Like, this is who I am. I'm so weak. And I've always thought I was such a strong person. This is me, mom. And I know you wouldn't want me to be like this. And I just prayed, and I asked God to help me. And that's something that I haven't done in four years, really. I haven't asked Him to help me in that area because, because I didn't were, want it. Yeah, and I think that's where you, I, I, because I, I'm here, I'm able to see your progression. 
because you're asking God for help now. So now those things that, that normally... Even if it's just that God help me, sometimes that's all I've got. Well, I mean, if you think about it, how how can we fix... Okay, if you have plumbing in a house that's bad, which we've had plumbing in our house that's bad before, um, and if we have plumbing in our house that's bad, okay, but you only let the plumber, the plumbing's in the bathroom, but you, you only let them in your bedroom... Right? How is he going to fix the problem? How is he going to fix the problem? Yeah, but you got to understand, too, that because I believe God's so real, you know what? I always have. Like, I've never doubted. Like, he's... I would die for my faith. And I, even though he took my mom, I still would. I just didn't want him to help me. I was just uh, angry and bitter and upset. I know it's a process. Like, I'm way further than I was in May, but I know next year I'll be further than I am now, you know? But... It's just rough. It's really rough, you know, because you're just trying to make it. And it's it's crazy because, like, I don't want to be like this, you know. But sometimes I can't help it. It just comes out. And um, the other day when we were talking, you know, I cried so much my eyes were swollen. Because I miss her. She was so fun. Like, people think I'm fun. And I'm like, you should be my mom. You know, she was so fun and warm and full of life. I think that's the biggest thing that that I. You don't find people yeah, like her. I think it was her warmth, like when I when I first met you, and 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 that's a whole other story. Um, but I met her and her family at the same time, um, and I remember walking into the house, and she just had this warm like smile, like just like it almost engulfed her smile and her or her warmth engulf the room of sadness like it was no there was no not being unhappy like i've never seen your mom she was never unhappy even when she was upset you know or she was sick you know i i seen her you know like she would never show that to me you know you know and and um i went in one day and she was in a gown and stuff and and i was like i just she was she was there and it was it was it was getting bad and i was like mom this really sucks but she was my mom and my mother-in-law was was she would she most mother-in-laws would side my favorite thing about her was is oh my god here we go most mother-in-laws would side with their daughter right if you're a guy or you know vice versa you know the opposite sex whatever whatever the other gender is or whatever the other spouse is or whatever it is they always side with their own but mom wasn't wasn't biased at all you know she would always tell you what's wrong in my now joe you got a problem taking a shower oh my god (laughs) That was when we were young into our marriage, and there we was, had problems. There, there was so much going on. Daniel, do you not like doing dishes? It was so bad. <laughs> we just had so. But she was, she was dogs. Um, she was so earnest. She was so honest. She had such a big heart, you know. And I think that's why a lot of it it hurts because there's days, man. Um, I think the other day, there's like, nobody like her. We had we we went to uh, a steakhouse, and we ordered a a fried apple pie and we bit into it and like i instantly just like started tearing it tasted up. just like her fried apple pies just instantly started yeah. tearing up and and i was just like um yeah and then she knew and then once once she see me crying and she bit it i could see it in my wife's eyes that she knew why i was upset you know and and i think going through the things that we go through 
you know, it's tough. It's really tough on sometimes the things that stuff that we deal with. But I think like, you know, if you think about, you know, Jesus himself, you know, Jesus himself was praying to God. You know, Jesus, like this is the person that came in and died for our sins. This is the person that came, turned the world upside down and, and, and torn the veil from, from, from walking into the holiest of holies. Like this is Jesus, yeah. the miracle worker, the, 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 the alpha and omega baby, you know, <laughs> and we see, we see Jesus, right, going through the pain, that's what makes it real, you know, and then, and then here, I'm going to read a scripture, um, and, and talk about a little bit from Paul, it's, it's here, it's, it's, um, Corinthians 12, um, let's see, 7, okay, Corinthians twelve seven, um, it says, because of the surpassing sur, sur, surpassingly revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me, but He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made in perfect weakness. Therefore, I will boast more gladly about my weakness. So that way, Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, so basically he says, what he's saying here is, there is a thorn in your flesh. There's something that's really getting into you. There's something that's really hurting you. There's something that's really bothering you. These things that bother you, these things that create pain, these things that, that this stuff here that you have that's within you, I've created these things for you because you have to be able, in order to do this, you have to lean on me because I have grace for you. For my power is made in perfect weakness. Therefore, I will boast more gladly in about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. You know, we we're gaining power when you're doing what you're doing for God. That is a win. When the devil tries to take you out that day and you go out to church that day, do exactly what you're called to do because you you know what your calling is. That is a win. You know, and that's what that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, therefore, I will boast more gladly about my weakness. Right. Which your weakness would be your mother's passing at this moment. Oh, yeah, that's like the hardest thing I've ever went through. So that Christ's power may rest on me. Right? So so what you're doing now is when you continue to move forward in the things, when being told no, because that's what this episode is about. Yeah. Okay, being told no. The Apostle Paul went through the same thing, and he's saying, look, Christ's power may rest on me. I have Christ's power on me because because it says here, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. They said, my grace is sufficient for you, my, for my power is made in perfect weakness. You know, so no matter what you're going through, it's, it's, I, you are, are by far one of the most influential spiritual people that has been in my life consistently from the time that I met you to, to now. And when you fell, you took me down with you and it sucked because I'm looking at you like, oh, okay, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) If you're like this, what am I supposed to do? But with that, I was able to develop in myself, my growth. In my faith. Well, I hate that, but at the same time, like, 
you know me, I'm an open book. Like, I'm very honest with who I am. And, and, you know, if you see me out anywhere or see me at church, I'm the same no matter where. But, you know, so I was very honest with my feelings. You know, I can't fake it. I can't lie about how I feel. And I'm a very emotional person. And I've it's, been told, you know, that that's bad. But that's how God made me to it's, love it's and you love to be. Big. Yeah, I love I love you my love mom, big. and I still love her. You know, it, it's 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 because you love everybody, big. I do you, you know? And I think I think that's what makes it harder. I think that's why we we when when we're really mad at each other, we're really mad together, or when we're really happy, we're really happy together because we both love the same. We both love big. We love humanity. We love people. We love cats. Uh, cats. <laughs> cats. I brought my cat back in here just now. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we love we love big. You know, because that's the way God created us is to love big. You know, but we and, also hurt big, and we hurt big. Yeah. So that's the other that's the other side of loving big. Because, it's like the, the other side of the coin. Like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're stuck with both. Yeah. So it's like you know. So going through this, you know, I, I'm very, I'm very thankful to have you a part of my life. I'm very thankful. To be able to see you continue to grow into this, and and well, see, we're going through this. I don't really see it. Like, sure, I see now that I lead worship at this church. I see that I teach at this church, but I don't really see the growth because I'm going through it. You know, like, well, yeah, whereas an outsider yeah. could, I don't really see it. I well, feel like I'm the same me that I was 15 years ago. You yeah, know? but you're pushing. You're pushing through the pain. You're pushing through the pain, and that's that's initially what the Apostle Paul was doing here. You know what I'm saying? Initially, that's 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 what he's doing. He's pushing through the pain. Jesus pushed through the pain because he knew at the end of that what he was going to die. He was going to resurrect. Be resurrected. He's going to resurrect. You know what I'm saying? We have to go through things. And if Jesus and I, I, I see there's more guys. Of course, there's Job and there's there's other people. Um, obviously more influential in the Bible. But for me, the Apostle Paul sticks to me. Like Lou, because he he just he's been through it. He's drug, just like Joe, yeah. been through it, drug through it, you know. And as they continue, they continue to develop in their stories. They just to the end, man. It's like don't get no better than that, you know. He lived it, you know. And I think that that's where we're at in our point in our lives right now is we're we're living it, you know. It's it's not easy to go through the things that we go through from from the beginning before we lost everything to 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 while you were going through. Your stuff, I was going through my stuff, and the battles that we both have in our minds daily, the stuff that we continuously deal with, um, uh, the stuff that we continuously deal with, it makes it it makes it really, really, really hard to um, to go through this walk. But that's just it. That's why. That's why we. Um, that's why we do the things that we do. You know, that's why we are the way that we are. You know, because Christ has created us to be this loving, to be this caring, to to be this this these people that have big giant hearts and do the things that we do and have ministries and go out and and you know feed people whatever we have to do. You know, and and I think this this here specifically sticks to me because you know I I've I've had that thorn in my flesh. It makes it real. You know, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about this because it makes you real. Faith and Lashes, the person behind Faith and Lashes, the the one that's created the ministry, all the one that does all the stuff on on, on your TikTok. Well, uh, just uh, FYI, <laughs> because the holidays kind of creeped up on me, I haven't done a whole lot on my Facebook or TikTok. Like literally two weeks before thanks or before 
Halloween, I just kind of fell off. But, you know, even that is real. Like, we go through things, and sometimes we're not okay. You know, and sometimes it's okay to not be okay. You know, as long as we don't stay there. And I do feel hopeful, um, because I do feel like I'm making progress for once and forever. Um, and I feel like now that I'm trying to kind of get out of this hole, and I'm praying that God would help me with this, I feel like now I can grow. Like, now I can really grow because I'm I'm actually trying to use him and not me. <laughs> well, you know, and I think that's the that's like what we're talking about today, you know, at church was the, the starting point. You know, you almost have to go through this stuff to get your stuff to a starting point to be able to say, okay, look, this is where I'm at right now. I don't want to go back. I want to move forward. I'm going to continue to do what God's called me to do regardless of my situation because that's how well, it's created regardless me. of how you feel. Exactly. You just keep doing it yeah, because that's what we, you're supposed to do. We went off our feelings. I mean, well, you and I have never been those type of people. Like, we're either all in or we're all out. Yeah. It doesn't matter how we feel. Yeah. We do what's right. And yeah. That's just how we are. And I, and I think that um, going through that is there's a lot of stuff uh, as we continue to grow, life only gets better. Life only gets better. Oh God, I hope so. It only it, it only gets easier. Um, but anyways, Danielle, thank you. We are about fifty minutes into this thing, which I want to keep track of time, and I'm not trying to shut you up. Obviously, well, you know I can keep talking. I, I love that. Oh my God, that's like my favorite thing. Um, but I, I want to tell you, thank you for being on my sh- being on my show. Of the Chronicles of Madman. If you guys have a chance to listen to her or go see her, look her up at Danielle. Uh, it's actually Danielle Trujillo on Facebook. Um, and it's Danielle Hi. Because, you know, that was my thing for a while. I'd be like, what's up, my beautiful people? It's your girl, Danielle. Hi. Go ahead, go ahead and do it. So, like, just do it like you're doing it. Because that was like the thing for us. That's still and my still, like, still slogan. Thing. I just haven't been going live. And I've actually had somebody at church ask me the other day, when are you going to start going live again? Like, I look every night for your live videos. And I'm like, well, crap, Danielle. I shame, guess you're going to have shame. to start going live again. <laughs> you know, it's just been hard. Like, when you're going through stuff, you don't feel like doing it. I ordered so many wigs and so much makeup and stuff to do all these looks. I had all these looks planned out. And I didn't even do the Corpse Bride. I bought a veil for it and everything. I didn't do the looks that I was going to do. I did a few good ones. Corella DeVille was pretty good. It was. Um, but... Um, I got to get back into that because that's who I am. You know, I do wedding makeup um, for other people, and I do cosplay makeup. I just love doing it. It's just fun for me. So so you basically have your ministry faith and lashes. Is this basically you talk a little bit about Jesus while you put on makeup? Well, or? and it might actually, um, maybe, uh, might become a small group. I've already talked to some people at church about it. Uh, maybe next year it will be like a devotional. And then we'll have either like a skincare lesson or a makeup lesson or whatever afterwards. And so that would be really fun, you know, because I've had several women ask me, you know, I don't know how to do makeup. Can you get with me and help me? And so this would be Dude, my I've way seen, of doing faith. Here in Kelly, things. I've seen some people that don't know how to do makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try to be nice. And, you know, I mean, I'm not perfect at it. You know, I'm always learning, but I'm not afraid of color. You know, that's one thing that a lot of women are afraid of. Is you see a lot of, of black eyebrows. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like just like and then they look like sometimes they're m's or oh my god like check marks or the nike sign the nike swoosh <laughs> it's hilarious yeah um but uh, i want to tell you thank you for being on your show thank you for having me thank you for your time uh go ahead and put your plug in so that we can tell everybody where to find you 
Oh, I thought I already did that. Oh, go ahead and do it again. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can find me. It's just Danielle Trujillo on Facebook or Danielle High. I thought it was four eyes, but it's actually three. But if you put Danielle High on TikTok, you can find me there. It's Faith and Lashes on Instagram, which I need to catch all these up. And I will be doing that. Uh, you all just keep praying for me, like, for real, like, through the holidays. And um, if you have any prayer requests, you know, I know there's ways for you to reach out to us. Um you know, podcast is kind of new. I do have a podcast as well called Faith and Lashes that uh, I've kind of let <laughs> let fall behind too. Uh, but those are all things that I'm going to be um, working on. So you all just keep me in your prayers. And if you have prayer requests, make sure you reach out to Joe or I or both of us. And we will definitely pray for you guys. Um, love you guys. God bless. Thank you guys and God bless. This is a, uh, I love this. this is one of my favorite songs right now it is uh another in the fire by rare and breed thank you guys listen in check us up at facebook at chronicles of madman danielle at faith and lashes or danielle trujillo hi all right well you kind of mixed all three of them together it doesn't matter <laughs> i said it just to rewind it. right right so you guys check us out if you guys have any prayer requests you guys need any prayer requests more than willing to, to go ahead and pray for you guys um thank you guys god bless listening for the show we love you god loves you um Check this out, man, and and we will see you guys soon with another podcast shortly. Hopefully have somebody. I think I'm going to have Nick Mosqueda next from um, Out the Box Ministry. Close. Thank you, guys, and God bless. He's standing with me in this moment. He's walking with me through the fire. When all of the pieces are broken, he put me back together knowing it's higher. Depression will not take a hold. I rebuke it. I know that the devil's a liar. I'm praying for peace in this nation. I know that you're worried. You're weary and tired. I can hear it coming. He will bring relief. At the foot of the cross, I will hit my knees. We'll do this together. Ain't no I and team. Just surrender it all. Let him set you free. Living water, let him flow in me. Just be a vessel. Let him take you deep. Commit all your ways to the Father that there is a promise. He said that we will succeed. He knows what you're going through, sees every problem and has a solution to fix it all. The fire inside will arise, the grip of the shackles that hold us will finally fall, finally fall. Deliverance for everyone who believes. There is another in the fire, standing next to me. There is another in the waters, holding back the seas. And should I Bell is torn, he's available. No matter the struggle, he's capable. I've been through the fire and came out unscathed. The hardest of times were unfavorable. But he didn't forgive me even when I felt like my prayers were going unanswered. He heard every word, he ordered my steps. The life of my soul is my land, and I've been at the bottom. The kind of place where you look up and you gotta keep climbing. Knowing he's got you, that is a promise. Every sin I committed for God, yeah. You're not alone, he's right there. He's got us covered, just believe it. There was another.
The Chronicles. The Chronicles. The Chronicles. The Chronicles. The Chronicles of a Madman.